0: Lee Horton.
1: Hey, it's Lee, welcome to Business Problem Solve. Today I have an amazing conversation with CEO of Forbes Solicitors, Oliver Burton. The standout message that comes out in this conversation is the importance of people, and the importance of people led by the CEO of this amazing organisation. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solve. Today I have the great pleasure of chatting with Oliver
2: Burton, CEO of Forbes Solicitors. How are you all? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, good. It's strange we on this side of the fence. It's normally me doing the interview. Yeah. A <laughs> well, bit uncomfortable. Oh,
1: well, hopefully I'll be gentle with you. Um, and uh, we'll see We'll see how this goes, actually. Because if you're normally the interviewer, then, then please don't ask me too many questions, all right? <laughs> this is why I, I like doing this. Right. What is it that's that's got you to sit in that seat today.
2: What's your story? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Everyone's got their own, their own story. And I think when, um, when I look back, there's a couple, everyone tends to have a couple of defining moments yeah. through their career, don't they? where they were real, real game changers. And I think one of the, the biggest things for me really early on is when I left university, I uh, was fortunate enough to get onto the Bank of Scotland uh, graduate training scheme. Yeah. And the first two weeks of that scheme They sent us to East Kilbride. Have you ever been to East Kilbride? No, no, not yet. There's a roundabout, and that's about as exciting as it gets. Okay. So they put us in this Hilton Hilton Hotel um, in East Kilbride for two weeks, where they literally forced you initially to understand yourself. They had various speakers coming in. They had psychologists. They had all sorts of people coming in with full-disc profiling and really spent, you know, it was a bit like The Apprentice at times, putting you into tasks so you understand, and, and it's it wasn't just a paper-based click and you know, answer these questions and it says you're red, blue, green, or yellow. Yeah, you know, They actually really monitored it, watched it, put you in different scenarios and almost tried to break you but pushed you to the point of wow. trying to understand how you operate, who you are. But the really interesting side of it as well was about um, trying to really soul search about why you are the way you are why do you make decisions the way you do? Why does your heart flutter and your head doesn't? And Why does your head flutter and your heart doesn't? And how do yeah. you get those things aligned? And it was really, really interesting to, to see how you operate. And it, it said they really pushed you to a point where you feel so uncomfortable. And yeah. it was the hardest two weeks I have ever, ever had. With hindsight, it's the best two weeks yeah. I've ever, ever had what it's enabled me to do is that you look at people in a different way you understand how they tick and you can't understand how other people tick unless you understand how you tick and you understand those life events but that put us in really good stead because I think when I was 21 I don't think I fully understood what I'd just learned yeah but then as you go through the rest of your career and the penny starts dropping a bit more and you understand how you are and how you come across and how your conscious is and how your subconscious is and for me that was a real defining moment for me through my career. Um, and you then go into to a role, don't you? Where, and I've, you've got your own application, haven't you, the way you are anyway. You know, They took 14 of us on to a two-year grad scheme, yeah. and I came off it after six months with my first role right? because you make decisions that change the way in which you do things. So they were putting everyone through the banking exams. Um, But you're learning how to calculate the country's GDP well when am I ever going to need that? I'd be better getting more hands-on and learning what I'm you know the actual role and what I needed to do Yeah, Um. but the brave decision was we're going to throw you off the scheme unless you do these exams I'm saying but I don't want to do them. Yeah, because I don't think it's going to help me So the set a pass out of doing them and then you straight off and you've started your career So but that was a real career defining moment where they could say we'll see you later then.
1: Wow. Yeah, so
2: I think even then I was making decisions that were going to influence and impact my, my career going forward. Um, and it was being brave enough to make, make those decisions, but that was really early on. So having done that and then starting to understand how people tick, and I always remember my, um, my first ever direct boss um, was the best boss I've ever had because he was the worst. He was the worst person that I could ever have worked for um but what, he taught me what made him the worst just the way he taught to people the way he operated his work ethos just everything about him showed me what i didn't want to be yeah and he was the best first boss yeah. i could ever have had however the the director who sat on top of him the guy called nick Dearden. nick is still a good friend today and he's still a mentor of mine now and he's, he's fantastic and he's really helped shape me and keep me true to who i am yeah and he still does that today um so again, really early on, you start seeing what you don't want to be. Mm. And then obviously when you have a great boss as well, it shows you what, what you want to be as you, as you start working through. So that, that was my early career through banking. Um, that was relatively quick. And that was in originally a business development role, then into corporate finance, or background in corporate finance, and then into relationship management, back into corporate finance. Um, and from a work ethic point of view, I think I've always just grafted. Mm. Just rolled my sleeves up and and got on with it. Um, I ended up becoming Young Banker of the Year at 24, which I think was the youngest it's it's been won. In fact, actually then the banking world crashed, not because of me. (sighs) Um, And then as a result of that, they stopped doing that award. So I think I am still the reigning Banker of the Year. Wow, I've been called something very similar. You start at a different level, it does, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably a queue of people that say the same about me, um, you know. So, but again, it's more that, and I know that's just a piece of glass, and I can't even tell you where the piece of glass is now. But the point is that striving and that yeah. setting your own personal goals about where you want to get to, yeah. And then at 26, I ended up running um, a corporate banking team, which was really interesting as well. Because when you've got guys coming to the wards at the end of their career, um, who are you know, who's this young kid, what does he know? What, you know and that was a really tough learning curve. Um, so then that was in Manchester, running Manchester corporate uh, with a few other guys as well. Then ended up moving back to Lancashire, so I'm a Lancashire lad. Um, moving back to Lancashire, I'm trying to do this as, as quick a way as I can. Um, again, within banking and, and the banking world just blew up. Yeah. It was just a whole different, different world. And one of the big things that used to frustrate me is when, it, when you are in a big PLC, change passes through you. You are not a change instigator. You can put your flower on it, you can put your veneer on it and your polish on it, and you like to think that you've got you know, the buying of your team. And, but ultimately, you are delivering whatever change they want to yep. do. You know, and when a bank does a redundancy program and just says there's a list of people, go and talk to them, that's kind of a turning point where you think, don't like this. Mm-hmm. This is where I want to be. Change instigator and at that point um, I decided that I was going to go and leave um, spoke a lot to the bank down in London about um, what I was going to do and that's when I then made a transition into professional services and, and took on my first CEO role wow. uh, of a law firm um, and then was there five years before moving to Forbes to do to do exactly the same thing I know that's a, a very quick version of what's what's got me here but I think one of the biggest things for me is having that self-understanding,
1: understanding
2: understanding what drives you, what makes you tick, understanding what makes other people tick, because that's how you get the best out of them, for one, for the business, but more importantly for themselves, and that whole life coaching piece, because I did some life coaching as well, it just really helps, you know, helps guide people through. And then, so now Forbes were nearly 400 people, 12 offices so you know it's
1: yeah exciting it's going pretty well yeah yeah think, exciting growing, yeah. Th- no thank you for that so i've got a few questions off the back of that um first one what's the biggest lesson you've learned about yourself
2: um i think a lot of it is um how you can come across and i think initially well there are two things i think really one is that how you come across because as a as a character you can be quite i can be quite challenging and questioning and and it's just little things, isn't it, where people used to think that every time you asked a question you were just being hard work, where actually all I'm trying to do is validate mm-hmm. what I've been told. And it's just little things, isn't it, about having out things with just playing devil's advocate and then you're warning people about what you're about to do or how you're going to do it. And I yeah. think at the time, really early on in my career, um, even though I'd been through that course and I had the self-awareness, I probably didn't use it yeah. straight away. And I'd leave a trail of destruction behind me because it was all about me. and then I think when you start realizing that, so what have I learned in that regard? So the biggest thing I've learned about me is, and whilst I'm not saying you should be too worried about other people's perceptions of you, because if I think if you're true to yourself, then that's okay. Yeah. And I think um, I always say that if a mate was a fly on the wall, they'd still see 95% of me at work. And likewise, if they saw me at home, or work saw me at home, they'd still see 95% yeah. of me. The 5% is because you can't pick every row everywhere. So the big things I've learned are one, about how you can come across and the perceptions of other people. But I can't control how they think. All I can control is how I respond and how I react. Um, but it's that being true to yourself. Yeah. So that was a big, big lesson to me. It's hard being something you're not. Yes. It's hard pretending to be something you're not, or trying to fit into a round hole if you're a square peg. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So being true to yourself was a really, really big, big lesson.
1: Yeah. Completely.
2: Completely. No, I resonate with that so
1: much. And when you said you went from from banking to professional services, mm-hmm. and you went from one role to then be, being a CEO in a in a different type of business, yeah. how did that feel? And and how did you how did you have the balls to kind of to to make to that do leap? It.
2: And I think there's different, um, different decisions. I think part of it is I never wanted to look back and think, what if? Yeah. You know, if there's an opportunity that's arisen, if I don't take it. And it comes back to, again, that decision-making. You get that decision, your heart starts fluttering because that's the way I am and I understand why my decision-making. But then your head kicks in, doesn't it? Yeah. Your head goes, hang on, you've got young children. You've got, should you do this? Should you not? Is the timing right? Money, money. And then I got to a place where I just say, if I don't do this now, I'm not going to. And yeah. I'll end up being a lifer in the bank. And, you know, will I feel satisfied? Probably not. Yeah. And again, I think understanding me and what my drivers are, it just wasn't ticking them anymore. So it was kind of grasping that and, and jumping. Was it easy? No, well, actually, leadership's leadership wherever you are. Um, the difference being from when you come into law, I've now got 370 people all trained to argue with me. <laughs> L- luckily, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's where you, you know, they are trained to find the negative in every positive and to argue with you. That's you know, that's as, as a type of character. And I'm massively generalised and people listen to this and start screaming at me. But <laughs> um, you know the, the transition is the people you deal with, but leadership's leadership. Yeah. Um, whatever the whatever the product, whatever the service that you're offering, um, and you can learn the rest. Yeah. And I think it's having that self confidence to back yourself and convincing someone else to as well, mm. to give you that opportunity to to move. So I think it's massively transferable, um, and I think people can very quickly pigeonhole themselves in certain areas or certain industries. where yeah. you don't need to. You know, if you've got that transferable skill set, you've already proven your ability to learn and evolve with the role that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing stopping you doing it elsewhere. Finding the opportunities is the challenge, and that's where managing your own profile. And, and surrounding yourself with the right people is a is a really big big thing so what what comes through is you you you're 're ambitious and you 're driven. Have you always been like that yeah, I think so um my parents say it was hard work, so i think that <laughs> <where> they're <laughs> they're strong will yeah um yeah i think it's um yeah it, it just is i think in everything i 've always done um it's all or nothing yeah i don 't think i've gotten in between, and whether that's from work or exercise or it's one of those addictive personalities i think where if i go for a run ride down my time and if i don't beat it i'm upset yeah i think i'm just wired that way that it's always strive for what's next the difficulty that actually comes with that because there's two sides to every coin is that are you ever happy mm. because you run the risk of never being happy in that case because you always want what's next yep. you always want to drive for the next thing the next thing the next thing so it's actually really key at that point to understand other people as well, because if you've achieved something as a business, you've got to celebrate. Yeah, you've got to celebrate that before you move on, rather than just going right next. Yeah, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's. I think it's quite tough being like this. To be honest, it's quite tiring.
1: Yeah, you've managed to
2: keep your hair, though, haven't you? So, as a, yeah. as a bold person sat opposite you, you've still got. A full head of her. You should, have, you should have seen it during lockdown. This was freshly cut for you yesterday. <laughs> uh, you should have seen it, it was massive. Was it? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Full on, uh, full on wig. What have you have you the, kept it? What's your secret? Um, I think I've just blessed with um, with jeans. My granddad died with a big thick rug on his head. Oh, my, dad, my dad's bald as. Is it? Uh, so it, hopefully it's. Uh, skip to generation? Skip to generation. Yeah,
1: no, very good. Yes, no, I, can't, I, I can't take my eyes off your hair, so apologies for that. <laughs> um, anyway, um, uh, so when you, you mentioned leadership a couple of times and you mentioned having the worst boss and best boss. Mm-hmm. And then what would people, would, would people say you're the best boss or, were, or how would you describe your leadership?
2: It's a tough question, isn't it? Um, look, I, th- I think leadership's a really interesting thing. You, you can't, you're not going to be liked by everyone. Yeah, you've got to make tough decisions um, but you've got to have that clarity with them and I think my big goal through this is you don't go through this trying necessarily to be liked by everyone yeah. but you want to be the most respected and I think touch wood um, and our surveys and things tell us that there is a lot of respect for, for me and, and the role that and my exec team we do here at Forbes we like to think we've got it right will we make tough decisions when we have to, yes. Do I think we communicate, you know, take, uh, take the recent COVID virus and the communication. I was chatting to someone the other week who said, they've not had a single piece of communication from their leadership team. Wow. Everything was uh, via their direct line manager. There was no messaging whatsoever from you know the, the exec leadership team of that business. That's just poor, mm-hmm. really poor. And even if we were giving some messages out at times that were hard messages, we gave them clearly, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously we wrapped it in the, there were other good news stories as well coming out. It's not all bad, is it? In fact, I think we're coming out of this in a pretty, in pretty good shape. Uh, well, we are coming out of it in, in good shape. So for me, how would I describe it? I think everyone always knows um, where they stand. I don't think I've ever pulled any punches that, you know, that the need. And this comes back to um, looking after yourself and your own mental strength. I can't carry stuff around with me. Yeah because it, it clogs me up and it clogs up my, my thought process. So if things need dealing with, it's dealt with, and then you move on. Yeah. Um, but also uh, people instantly go to that making tough decisions. You make good decisions as well. You make positive decisions that need communicating and praising and rewarding people as well as pushing and pulling them at the same time. Um, so I think if people had to describe me, it, it would be that I'm very fair, very clear. Um, I'd like to say everyone thinks I'm very approachable. Um, and we have a really, really good relationship across the firm. Yeah. And I think visibility is a big thing. Yeah. You know, we don't just sit in ivory towers. where well, everyone's sold the ivory now, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just, you know, we don't just hide away. You know, we're quite visible. We talk to people, we listen to people. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. One of the big things um, that I remember talking about at our last conference is as a business, we need to do things for the 95%, not the 5%. Those 5% in businesses can really drag them back the people that whinge, the ones that can find the negative and every positive, those that get out the wrong side of bed every day because the bed's pushed against the wall, those people you can't structure the business around. You've got to structure it around the 95% yeah, and let that 95% see you tackle the 5%. That's where a culture shift then comes. yeah. Um, And for us, I think we've really shifted our culture and we've always had a great culture, but I think it's just going up and up and up. Brilliant.
1: What's your definition of culture?
2: What is culture to you? Yeah, it's um, it's funny because, again, I was chatting about um, the um, vision, values and things, you know, when companies sit down and they set out all these, these words on a poster. And for me, yes, a business needs those and it's Management 101, but it basically boils down to all of that culture and those vision and values are about being a decent human being with a general summary of just don't be a dick. Yeah. And that, that's what it boils down to. If everyone acts in the right way at the right time, you'll have a great culture. Um, and I know on one of your, your other podcasts where you had the director of fun on. Yeah. Um, and you know, the way they're talking about how it's not about people just being silly around the office and it's about finding fun in what you're doing, yeah. isn't it? And making the little things count. And you know, I like to think we do that. But again, every office, when you get to a business of our size, you do end up with some microclimates. You know, different offices have different cultures. Um, They have different ethoses. And different people can really change the dynamic. You'll know yourself, there will be those people that can pull you up and those people that can drag you down. Every office has those people. And it's isolating the great and the the more challenging within those cultures. So it's a really difficult definition culture, I think. But it's ultimately, for me, um, creating that environment that people enjoy being in. Yeah, I love that. And a success culture as well. Yeah,
1: and I love that because people spend so much time at work. I think, so in in my business, we've got um, our values. I spell out the word fact, so fun, authentic, caring and trust. And you've spoke already about being authentic and and about trying to be fun and and, and stuff as well. So
2: it resonates so strongly. Um, The challenge is actually getting it from um, being a veneer to being DNA. Yes. That's the challenge. So everyone can stick it up on a wall everywhere. Um, currently and everyone can see it and, and you know we, um, we have awards every month around our rewarding our values where people see those behaviours so we're trying to shift those but it has, everybody has to live to those values yeah. and deal with those values because otherwise if it's just a veneer it'll crack, yeah. it has to become DNA. Completely agree with that um,
1: because it's all, it's all about creating the right environment for people to be able to display the right habits and
2: behaviours yeah. and, and rewarding those that do. Yeah. And calling it up when it's not. Correct. At every level, yes. And even if I've done something, someone coming in saying, "Don't think that was quite right." Yeah. All right, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, really powerful. Really powerful. What's your biggest challenge? The the biggest challenge I think we've got is um, the evolution of professional services and the legal marketplace. And one, uh, the barriers to entry have really come down. So there's a massive increase in in competition coming through. Um, and I think why uh, one of the biggest challenges is that I think every business, the professional services business particularly has is clients are more discerning than they have ever been. And this isn't a bad thing. This is just a, just a challenge. Um, you know, there was, there was a time, wasn't there, where the first time you went to buy a computer or a laptop, you'll have gone to, um, someone somewhere to me, you'd have gone into Dixon's yeah. when, it, when it was still going um, and you decided need a computer or a laptop or, or whatever that thing is, um, a new cassette player. Yeah. VHS. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vita Max, it Yeah, might yeah be. well, yeah, yeah. Um, and the, then the salesman, and it was a man at the time, would then say, right, he'd look at his list and say, right, this is uh, what I can make the most commission on, I'm going to try and flog you this. Yeah. You're none the wiser because you've now done no research, you've just turned up and you think that's a trusted individual. So you walk away with it. Roll forward to now, you've done your research on a piece of tech that you'd researched before you bought that, you now know what RAM is, ROM is all the other peripheral parts of it are, and you found a great price on whatever the website, but it's £10 more expensive in Curries and you can go in and get it now. So your knowledge around what you're buying has massively improved. You're, um, you are more discerning than you've ever been. So you now walk into Curries, say, can I have that in green, silver, black, whatever. So they become order takers now and then you take it back and, and you're there. That's exactly the same within professional services in that people can now, they've got that access to information, they know what things are, they can Google what they are, they can search them, there's videos, there's, so if a client has become more discerning, that's good and also dangerous because they think, in some cases, they think they know what something is in it, and it isn't um, because everyone assumes that everything they see online is true rather than, than not. But if clients are becoming more discerning than they've ever been, we've got to evolve We've got to evolve to what a client wants. And also from a service point of view, because there was probably a time where in law, accountancy, banking, all the professional service industries, it was almost like a respected profession without having even spoken to you. You'd say, I'm a lawyer, I'm a banker, and people would go, wow, fantastic. Where now I don't think you do fall under that. You fall under the service industry. So we provide a service, and the client at the end of it, some clients want email only, um late at night, we've got some that want to pick up a phone all the time. Yeah. You know, different clients ranging from large corporate transactions to consumer, want different things, but ultimately it all comes back to that service. What service do they want and what's it look like? So for for law in particular, well, all professional services, we're all selling the same service or the same offering, I should say, but it's what wrapper you put on it. And then you come back to your culture, don't you? We want the best people, and by best people, I don't always mean the technically best people, people who are great with people, yeah. people who can progress things. You know, you don't want someone who would do the law fantastic, but not tell you anything along the way or not communicate. So those roles have changed, the roles have evolved, and people have had to evolve. Um, so a big USP for us, and every single firm will tell you it's USPs, it's people. Yeah, Everyone will tell you that, but we genuinely believe ours is well, we don't believe it is, we know it is, because that's why our business is growing and that's why things are, you know, really starting to evolve and we're still in a march on what, on what we're doing. Um, so our biggest challenge is the evolution of the marketplace, new competitors, um, and obviously the, the macro environment in which we operate yeah. as well.
1: perfect. So how do, you, how, how do you bring those people along? So people might have been doing a particular role for a good number of years. Yeah and the, the technical ability second to none. And when you um, have those conversations and share that vision that
2: actually you want them to, to change how they're doing, how do, yeah. how do you go about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting challenge, isn't it? I think there, there's different sides to it. If you take new people through, so um, we have a large intake of uh, trainee solicitors every year, well, we're really in control of that then. Yeah. You know, and our training isn't just, obviously legal training is a standard. And our regulator used to insist that you'll have heard CPD, yeah. so continuous um, training. The, and they had to do a certain number of points, but that was technical training. Well, technical training should just be a given. You just do that. But what we really focus on is we have leadership training courses, we have, um, you know, from newly qualified to associate training courses. And within there, it's about negotiation, it's about interpersonal skills, it's about networking, it's about, you know, bringing out those other skills because the legal training should be given, and it is a given. Um, So it's making sure we look at the skill sets people need to be a decent, human, rounded individual and have commercial acumen in whatever you're doing. And naturally, some people are more alive and aligned to it than others, because that's just human nature, isn't it? Some people are better at it than others. Um, But it's creating that environment for them to actually acknowledge and understand where they are, coupled with where we think they are, and then providing that right, Personal development plan for those individuals. I'd love to say we've got it perfect. Mm-hmm. We haven't, and it's a continual evolution around, yeah, around what that looks like. Got your um, hand, hand. But then for the old, for the, the people who are have been with us a long time, doing it in a certain way. Yeah. Um, again, you've got different camps. You've got those that go, yeah, great, bring it on.
1: Yeah.
2: And you've got some that think, no, I just like doing the law. Yeah. Well, that, that's okay as well. Yeah. We just need to restructure slightly to enable. The better, to put the right people in the right yeah. in the right place. Yeah, because everybody's different. So what
1: you've articulated is that the people within your organisation are all individuals and the yeah. people that are maybe customers or clients of your organisation yeah. are all different. It's about, and it's about matching
2: yeah. those. And one of our values is that we are all individual, right? So it actually acknowledges the fact that we're not all the same. We don't yeah. want robots. Yeah. That's not what we're about. Yeah. Amazing. So, how, how long will it take you to get to where you want to, to get it to? Never. I, I you, love that answer. You, well, you never get there, do yeah. you? No, I love that you answer. You never get where you want. So, you talk about blueprints and you talk about, um, you know, what an end game looks like, and you've got to have a plan, haven't you? You've got to, you've got to have something to aim at. And we, you know, we set firm wide goals that we that we let staff know in terms of where we're heading and where we want to head. But you never get there. Yeah, you can get close but if you get there what do you do then high five and say we're done Eh? you know it's it's continually evolving but coming back to my point earlier about stopping and actually celebrating success you still have to have some measurables along the way that you can celebrate yeah so just because my mindset is doesn't need that others do yeah um so do you ever get there i'm not sure you do yeah, I love that because when when you described
1: yourself as a person right at the start, we were talking about you, you're driven, you're ambitious. Um, that's that's playing through in, in 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 how you're you're leading as well, isn't it? You're, ne- you're never going to get
2: there because you're just constantly trying to make today better than yeah, yesterday. Yeah, you are, and every day is an opportunity to better the next. And actually, if you have a bad day, it should lead to a better day. You still do have to have those measurables because if you if you're constantly chasing, yeah. Some people don't work that way, you know? So just cause that's my mindset. So will the firm get to where we want it to get to? Yeah, it will. Yeah. Will I get it? You know, will I ever be happy in terms of where we're at? Obviously you celebrate along the way, but there's always more you can do. Yeah. And there's always, um, you know, there's always more, but you have to be able to reward and recognize and celebrate along that way. Yeah because it. it's a pretty dark place otherwise isn't it it is it is yeah completely what makes you happy um, all, all sorts a golf course <laughs> um, when I can get on it yeah um, you know all, all sorts of stuff and I think um, delivering through others seeing other people succeed you know really lights your fire inside that's great to see and you know seeing people unlocking people's potential and I think over the last couple of years one of the biggest things we've done here is unlock people's potential and we've actually identified in people where they're not maximising their potential. Unlocking that is fantastic when you see them start to flourish and you start seeing then the difference that they make, not just to themselves, but to others. Yeah. And when you're having people coming in saying I'm the happiest I've ever been at work, wow. and you know, but we all know as well, if you're happy at work, you're happy at home. If you're happy at home, you tend to be happy at work. You know, it's that, um, yeah. what's the word I'm after? Success breeds success, doesn't it? And things things are all more interconnected than than people realise. So what makes me happy? Um, seeing other people succeed is great. Yeah. Um, and obviously that points to a wider goal of then the firm, the firm doing really well as well. Um, it's a really tough one. That I think I think you've got to find happiness in every day, whether it's a tough one yeah. or not. And it can go from um, huge huge successes um, from client wins to process improvements to yeah, you know. No I think a daft joke in the office, you know it, it, yeah,
1: but I think it comes back to what you start, what you started off by saying as well you you've got clarity on you know you you know yourself, don't you um yeah. and and you know what your thoughts that drive your behaviors and all, and all of that stuff so I think that's that's important and you doing that as I, I believe so I, I'm in a similar place where I, I now understand myself better in the last two years than I've ever understood yeah. myself, and that's allowed me to to actually I used to think that I had bad days um but now I, I realize actually I might have bad minutes and I might have a bad hour. Yeah. But across the day, it's not it's not a bad day. And I think it's recognizing that that in yourself. Yeah. And
2: I, th- I think some people, uh, unfortunately, never get to that place. And not everyone has the opportunity that I had to to do those those two weeks. And I've still carry that um, that first ever report with me. And even though I've had other ones done since, yeah. and you do evolve as a person, you know, and things do change and your life events happen. You know, there's. Um, for those that have had loss in the life, that shapes you. It changes you. Yeah. Um. But you're still fundamentally who who you are. Um. So you can evolve and you can change. But some people will never understand or make comfort with who they are because they're two different things. Yes. It's understanding who you are and then being comfortable with who you are. Yeah. Um. And they're two really really they are big differences. And you're both. Yeah. And you obviously have. Um, Days where you you question it, or you or you've done something, and you think, I know why I've done that. I shouldn't have done that, and you just didn't catch yourself in time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you've got to be for for me in particular in this role. Um. You know, there'll be days when you have that many red dots on your head, um, and yeah. days where where you don't. Yeah. And you've got to be comfortable with your decision making. And I think that if you're not comfortable with yourself, and you, or you don't understand yourself, that can also be a catalyst into um some mental, mental strength issues and challenges, because mental strength, if you've got to have it to get through the days. Yeah. That doesn't mean you don't have dark days and people don't have challenges or personal challenges along the way. But for me, having that mental strength and mental strength maintenance is really key. Yeah. Looking after yourself and making sure that you keep, you keep that speed of thought, speed of decision-making is really, really key. Yeah. And looking after other people's because it's particularly those who, who struggle to look after theirs. Yes, yeah, completely. What does the CEO of Forbes have for his tea? Uh, anything that goes with a nice Rioja. Oh, well, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, you pick your food based on your drink, don't you? Is that not normal? Well, I, don't,
1: I wouldn't say not normal, I think it's, <laughs> I,
2: I think it's leading uh, leading edge. I think, I think that's the way forward. Yeah, um, the honest answer is, um, Monday to Friday tends to well Monday to Thursday tends to be relatively quick, easy stuff. Yeah. Um, and with the kids because they eat earlier, and then you make up for it on weekends, don't you? Yeah. Got you. Got you. Um, so that's a rubbish answer because I, I actually don't know what I'm having tonight. What did you have last night then? Um, I actually had a big, a bigger, a bigger lunch. Um, oh did you? Yeah. No, I'd, I'd rather have a bigger lunch what? than have less on an evening. Oh, I was. I don't know. It's, it's just a, a habit thing, I think. Yeah, it's just um, the way you are. So I had some pasta. Very good. Very good.
1: So, strong choice. That's it. Yeah. That's no, it. what your choice? Always? Um, so last night I had tacos. Oh nice. Yeah, it was alright, yeah. The the kids they tacos. like tacos. Okay, it's just a big bag of crisps isn't it really? With really? something in the centre. So. so you just said a lot about your cooking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it says a lot about me as a person. I think that if I'm honest. Yeah, so yeah, tacos for me. I don't know I don't know what it is tonight. I don't know what it is tonight. If people wanted to find out more about all, where
2: could they do it and how would they go about it? Um, so there is the informal podcast as well. Not still stealing your thunder. I like it. Like oh, it's you did good, isn't it? Informal, informal. Yeah, did you come that yourself? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, where again, um, very similar to, to this, where we um, it's me just having a, almost a pub chat with with some business leaders. Um, there's also Forbes website, me LinkedIn uh, or email. Link, yeah. Ring me. Have a chat. Perfect. I, if I could turn email off for the yeah. world, I would, and make people speak again. Wow, so, okay, that's quite So what is it about email?
1: Because some people, some people love it, don't they? They hide behind it because yeah. they go, I'm really productive, I've sent out
2: 300 yeah. emails today. Tone gets lost, yeah. for one. Um, and don't get me wrong, it, it can be really productive, can't it? I'm um, very quick, just... You know, one of my biggest pet hates when you get an email back that just says, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. And I get it, but when you've already getting it, 100 emails a yeah. day, it, it makes it pretty hard work. Um. I just think people need to speak more. Yeah, agree. You back it up with an email afterwards if you need to call yeah. your arse after yeah. or you need to confirm what was said. But speak, go to the phone first. Yeah, no, I, I love that because there's often a time
1: I've either sent a text message, an email, a WhatsApp that's been received slightly differently to how I've intended it when I've sent yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a, there is a
2: challenge with written word. And the problem is that you could have sent that in the morning, whether I sat having a coffee in a really good mood. Yeah. Or you could have sent it as they've just had bad news yeah. or a bad day. And the whole connotation of your message changes. Yes, completely. Because you can't control where someone else is. Where yeah. if it's face to face, I can visually tell whether you're in a good or bad mood so I can pick my words so you know, accordingly. So yeah. it's... It's people, isn't it? It is. It all comes back to
1: people, and that the, the whole message throughout all of what you've been talking about is about people understanding yourself, cl- yeah. clarity, and communication. Um, so no, it's been that's been really useful. So Good. I just Thanks want to say me. thank you very much for your for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you all. I've got uh, to say that. <laughs> I I'll say I'll say it when I stop recording as well. Well, <laughs> no, seriously though, thanks, for, thanks very much. Have an amazing rest of your you. uh, your day, and enjoy your Ryoko and whatever food uh, follows. Thank you very much. Right. Cheers. See you soon. Bye bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the Business Problem Solver or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not
1: doing it.